from the banks of the mighty Murray and all across the Riverland. It's that time of the week, footy fans. Let's kick on. Every week, the team from the Murray Pioneer and Marks Up bring you all the discussion around the RFL season from a club near you. So sit back, whack on your headphones and grab your favourite beverage because we've got all the RFL action right here, ready to kick on. The SA Country Championships are upon us here at the Kick-Ons Podcast and we hope your beer is cold and you've got the sound up because we're going to bring you everything you need to know about the weekend ahead of spectacular footy action. I'm your host, Brendan Lyons, sports editor of the Murray Pioneer. Our today's podcast comes uh, with a bit of a difference as we look at the SA Country Championships and we'll check in later with none other than Eastern Zones coach, former AFL and Sturt player Matthew Dent about his take on our Riverland boys who will be lining up. Joining me, as always, is a familiar face to Riverland football and from Mark's Up, Nick Dillon. Dillo, welcome. Thanks for having me again, Lonesy. It's always good to catch up, my friend. It certainly is, mate. And a little bit of a tie-in here with um, Matthew Dent being a former Fitzroy man. You're wearing a Lions cap, so uh, you might have been a fan of him back in the day, perhaps? I've got a vague memory of Denty. I think he also played uh, a fair bit for the Bulldogs from, from memory as well, so... I think I remember him more when he was playing for the Dogs. It might have been late 90s or something like that. But, yeah, uh, he's a good fellow, Denty, and uh, the right man to lead the Eastern Zone into battle this weekend, mate. He's certainly uh, keen on the idea of uh, country championships football, and uh, we'll come to that a bit later. But uh, for now, mate, um, we got a bit of news here on the Kick-Ons podcast. Uh, we hit our 10th show last weekend, uh, but this weekend – Tell us, uh, mate, there's a little bit of a development in where we're spreading our tendrils. We are, we are, mate. It's uh, instead of just uh, on the uh, – originally on the just Spotify and Google Podcasts, but we are now on Apple Podcasts. It's been a little bit tricky to get on there, but uh, which is fantastic. So we're, we're spreading our wings a little bit and uh, and hopefully we can get a few more listeners out there and um, just giving them access to, to what we think is the best of Riverland uh, footy <laughs> podcast getting around. <laughs> Certainly, mate. And, uh, you know, every week uh, you can tune in to hear us on uh, Kick-Ons. And, look, you know, on uh, we've got another platform so you can share it amongst your footy mates. So get the message out there and uh, perhaps we'll quench your thirst for another big round of football action ahead of us. But uh, let's have a look at what happened last week in the RFL, mate. Um, there was uh, plenty of... Uh, Plenty of intrigue around some of the uh, some of the matches here about how things could go, and some of them went the way we did not think they would play out. So if we take a look first at the Loxton and Barmer and Monash game, yeah, that's got to be the one we look at first, isn't it? I mean, we we did mention last week that Barmer took it all the way up to Loxton the first time around, but I don't think we thought that uh, the Roos would be winning by a couple of goals at three quarter time. But so it's um. It's a good comeback from from the Tigers to get over the line, but fantastic for the Roos to go. Okay, you know we can match it with the teams above us now, and they can go you know up against a Berry or, or a Remark or even a Wakery, and and hopefully you know be be a little bit more competitive. And it just it's just another tick in the box that they're doing the right right things, getting the right things right at training, and um, and right things right on on Saturdays as well. So well done to to Gilgs and and the Roos would have been nice for them to get over the line, but still that they'd, they'd be pretty um, proud of that effort, I think. I think they would too because, you know, for the last few weeks we've, we've seen them not really have that main target up the front. It's been a lot of reliance on Mason Middleton doing the goal kicking. But just looking this week, uh, we're seeing a bit of a two-prong thing uh, develop now. So Brody Fred kicked five. I think it was back against uh, Loxton North, yep. I think. 
so we're starting to see uh, a bit, maybe a reflection of a bit more structure going on up forward because I do remember that was lacking a little bit back in the game I saw, especially against Renmark mm-hmm. um, earlier this year. So good signs for the Roos. Yeah, they, they struggle to match up against Renmark and that's been the case for a, for a number of years. Um, but going forward, yeah, hopefully they can yeah, snare a couple more wins. But I guess the other the other question out of that one is Loxton now. Um, you know, they've After winning their first five, they're now uh, is it six and three now. So um, probably, you know, they're obviously falling away. They still are a young side. Um, where they go from here, not sure. Are they going to be a real top two contender? Um, you know, odds are they're probably going to struggle to catch Wake and Renmark from here. So they've got some work to do, but still, it's still massive improvements on what they have been doing over the past couple of years. So no matter what happens from here for Loxton, I think once again, very proud of you know, the, the big strides that they've made in 2021 and hopefully they can continue that next year as well and who knows what could happen come finals. You know, they, they will probably play Berry in that first semi if they can't get into that top two and, um, yeah, and anything can happen from there. Yeah, especially if they're at full strength and we've still got, you know, a, a few more weeks to go so mm-hmm. things can come their way and I said last week, you know, they just need to steady the ship on this one and I think they did and yep. their previous losses have been games that have got away from them but this one here was a come from behind. So I think Dylan Millard would be happy to see that his his side can, you know, when when the chips are down, they yep. can rise to the occasion. So Definitely. And he's a bloke they obviously want back back in the Guernsey rather than in the in the uh, Pioneer this week wearing the rugby top on the sideline. They'd, they'd certainly rather him have that Guernsey uh, on and out there playing for his leadership and, and, and direction and drive off halfback. So – it would be interesting, yeah, to see what happens uh, for the Tigers now that they've uh, got that uh, win that they've been hunting for uh, for the last few weeks. So it's uh, time to refresh and move on. But just before we move on, I think we need to do a bit of a uh, yeah a shout out um, to the Manning family. Uh, George Manning passed away this week. Our condolences to the Manning family in the Barmer Monash Football Club. Uh, a, a long-time supporter, uh, a clubman in the truest sense, you would say. So our thoughts go out to the Manning family. Yeah, no, obviously very very lucky to to have George and and those other rude legends um, in the photo on the on the back page of the Pioneer. And um, you got to chat to a lot of those guys recently, Linesy and. And they got to share some of those stories, and you would chat to George about you know some of those old, old times at, at the football club, and um, you know that's that's invaluable stuff. You know that um, those stories are a legend around the footy club, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure you feel very privileged to have, have chatted to him. I certainly do, and those stories I find all those uh, historic football stories that just absolutely fascinate me. Mm-hmm. Just how how much depth our game has and the influence it has on people's lives and, and for uh, George to live his best life and best time with football uh, with that club, um, it truly is special to, to have be able to sit down and talk with the man about how history actually unfolded. I feel very privileged. Yeah, excellent. Mm. So, mate, we move on to the next game. Uh, now, this is one I got down to at uh, RFL headquarters uh, between Renmark and Berry. And I'll tell you what, mate, at half time, she it was touch and go. Yeah, uh, yeah Renmark were, uh, were falling into the clutches, you might say, of, mm-hmm. of Berry at that stage. But the Rovers, uh, you know, put their foot down, got their bodies around the ball at the contest, and uh, we got to see uh, Renmark go. Uh, Back to their powerhouse uh, best for that second so half. Flexing their muscles a little <laughs> Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. But good on Barry, you know, challenged for 
a half, and I believe they did that earlier in the year against the uh, the Rovers too. So you know they're there or thereabouts the the demons. Um, but you know when you got guys like Lockie Lowman up and about, like it sounds like he was against against Barry, um, you know they're going to be hard to beat. They've got just got quality across every line, and basically you have to have to to beat those top teams. They have to be you know quite a few players have to be having an off day, and you have to be at your best. So good on Barry, but uh, you know they've they've uh, made some massive strides in in the past month. And, uh, you know, a couple of big games ahead for them. But, uh, you know, they're, they're travelling along a lot nicely, a lot more nicely than what they were, um, you know, six weeks ago. So when we were, I guess, unsure whether, A, they were going to make finals um, and, B, whether they'd be able to challenge these top teams. And now, you know, they're ticking both those boxes. Yeah, that's it. And it's just a case of doing it for four quarters now. They did it for a half there. And and to look back at that squad that was out there, um, it probably wasn't Barry's full strength squad. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking Jason Sutherland was out uh, yep. through suspension. Uh, they gave up a massive height disadvantage without Brody Thompson there. Yep. So the two tools, you know, that they were desperately lacking there when when Remark's young tools are going really well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. so that was just uh, you know you kind of think. Might have changed the context of the game a little bit, but still, uh, you know, it was, it was a great effort down there by the Ds. And uh, we uh, head across to the final match uh, from last weekend uh, in Wakery and Loxton North. And, um, yeah, the uh, yeah the Panthers battle on, don't they? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, obviously a big win to Wakery. And um, Wakery just got, got the job done, did what they needed to do and, and took the points home and a nice anti-percentage boost as well. So, um, you know, Loxton North, we've spoken about regularly, you know, they're, they're up against it this year and they're going to keep flooding these kids and, and, and giving them games and, you know, that's, that's all they can do. So, um, you know. I don't think we expected anything less than, than what actually occurred on the weekend. That's right. Yeah, pretty much followed the script, didn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is the time of year where um, Shane Stevens and his men really start stamping their authority. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, winning just becomes business and business is pretty good for them at the moment, I must say. If That's I were it. to uh, quote a Megadeth album there for all <laughs> of our uh, heavy metal fans. <laughs> nice, I like that. Good And good to see, you know, three of the the – Wakery recruits in the in the top four and the best um, best players as well, Maddie Taylor, Brendan Moon, and Dusty Gordon as well. So, you know, their hats off to their recruiters down there. You know, they've got the job done with with some really quality guys coming into their footy club. Yeah, and, and, and Maddie Spensley, best on on ground, and you know, he's obviously been a recruit over the past few years as well. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you got it. Yeah, like you said, you do got to take your hats off uh, to Wakery. They saw. An opportunity, and they saw a need in their side. And whoever hunted down uh, the talent, like you could say, uh, they they could probably uh, get a gig for a league club, really, with that type of list management. I would say. So yep. yeah, well done to them. So that's a that's the wrap of the RFL now, mate. Uh, let's get into uh, the absolute arm wrestle uh, for the top four of the independent season. Uh, so we'll um, head across to the first match. Uh, in Sedan, Cambrai versus uh, Paringa. And, uh, yeah, a really tight tussle down there. But the Magpies came away with uh, the imp- all-important premiership points. So, uh, yeah, it looked like uh, Paringa had a bit of a slow start that might have cost them in the end, perhaps. Yeah, I think once again it's just a matter of, you know, so close but yet so far for Paringa who have matched it with the, uh, the top sides all year but just not been able to quite get over the line and, um, playing down there on the uh, the postage stamp of an oval at Canberra was always going to be a challenge for them, even though the Magpies had a few guys out. But, uh, you know, 
they've, they've been brave all year, Paringa. You know, they've they've matched it with every side. Um, you know, for for most of the game, they just just fallen short. So they just lack that little bit of class. But Sids has got them up and about. You know, they're a young side, which we mentioned at the start of the year. You know, they're going to have good games, they're going to have bad games, and but they've been really consistent throughout the year, I, I think. And uh, you know, to to match it with the, the Magpies down there, I think they've done a pretty good job. And Sedan Cambray once again just. Running along nicely at the moment, the Magpies. You know, still only lost the, the one game to, I think it is. Uh, sorry, two games, both and both those games to Ramco. So the team team above them on, on the table. So, yeah, they're, they're travelling along nicely, and they'll get a few blokes back in the next couple of weeks too. So, as we knew, they probably would uh, once they yeah. got up and going uh, after a bit of a bit of a sluggish start there at the top. Uh, now the other game uh, that. Uh, Sparked a lot of interest, uh, for with especially with uh, BSR hitting some form. But the Cobby boys uh, managed to uh, take a uh, very, very important win, especially for their season. Uh, and, well, uh, you were there, my man. Um, so tell us, how did this one unfold and where did the Eagles get it done? Honestly, it was, a, it was a bit of a shock to win by as much as we did. We knew BSR were coming in with um, a full-strength side or near-full-strength side, as they did the week before against Wanka. So we were expecting a pretty tough challenge, but um, you know we were probably close to our best side on the park as well. So um, you know, after quarter time, I mean, they had an injury to Jake Medhurst in the first quarter, which probably didn't help their cause. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we just sort of ran away with with the game, it was our tools for the first time all year. It's been our smalls all year that our mids have kept us in it. Uh, this time around, it was our tools. It was Lee Verrill, you know, Tommy DeJager, the number on Justin Anthony. Um, Lee Verrill was in Iraq. Uh, Dylan Richter at centre half forward was terrific, and so was um, Jake Gilgan up up forward. If he'd kicked straight, you know, he probably would have kicked eight or nine. So ended up only with three. But yeah, it was just the tools on the weekend, and um, yeah, it was nice to see the boys click and and gel and. Um, probably as best they have all year, which is nice. And back into the fall, which sets us up for the second half of the year now. Hopefully, you know, we can get a, get a couple more wins and, and just lock in that top four spot. Yeah, yeah, especially for the Cobby boys. It, um, it must feel for you guys like you've got a bit of a clean slate. You finally levelled the uh, the win-loss there. So, uh, and then you, we've got the, the week off now. So, looking at that back end of the season, um, it's, it's going to be important because this fourth spot – it, it's pretty uh, – it's it's not clear how how it's really going to play out because, it, you know, both BSR and uh, Paringa are well in striking distance. It's uh, – yeah. 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 So BSR is obviously level with us. It's only percentage separating. Um, we do have the game in hand and we do have a game against Brownswell to come, which they, they don't. So that's sort of um, you know, in our favour. But, you know, you, we can't afford to drop games at all. So um, – and Paringa, you know, they've got a nice healthy percentage too. So if they just get – the little things right and start turning those close losses into wins and then they can certainly challenge too. Um, but, yeah, some some big games to come, that, that's for sure, in the last four rounds. Yeah, yeah. And the final game of the round, uh, Wonka and Browns well. Look, um, the the Browns well boys, like, I just did a bit of a run back of some stats and they've actually equaled their top uh, score for the, for mm. the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, some, uh, some good improvement happening down there. Um, still probably uh, – they probably would have liked to have reined in the margin a bit further um, on Wanka, but still, uh, you know, just signs of improvement, uh, you know, that they can just uh, tick off and build on now, I suppose. Yeah, and I think, you know, they've sort of built up. I think they had 20 players named on the weekend, so it's, that's a little win as well to to get a couple extra players um, out, out in the field each week. Um, you know, that, that's a big thing for them. You know, they were, they were competitive for, 
for much of the game from what I understand. But, you know, Wanker's obviously got, got a fair bit of class there as well. And I know the Bulldogs had a, had a few out on the day. Um, you know, there's an opportunity, obviously, for them to rest a few guys. But still, um, great for Browns well to kick a few goals and, you know, something to celebrate. You know, sometimes a little thing like a goal, you know, especially, uh, you know, when you haven't kicked that many all year, those goals are just, you know, they're like gold. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but good for Wanker to, uh, you know, once again, get a bit of a percentage boost. They've got a really healthy percentage Wanker, um, you know, the highest scoring team in the competition at the moment. So, yeah, they're building nicely and, and we've got them next week. So a big clash for us. Yeah, to, uh, indeed. Yeah, try, and, try and beat them out there as well, which they're always tough. Yeah, that's right. You know, because, um, you know, their second half there, you know, three goals per quarter. Look, that's uh, that's something you can definitely build on. Like that, that would keep you in contention of of a contest. It's a game where you've got to outscore the opposition, obviously. But look, that that's a that's a good sustained effort there for a half of football. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, you you got to uh, hand it to the Browns World Boys there. So. Uh, it's a little bit different this podcast in that we usually we would talk with a Riverland identity. But this this week we got something a little bit different um, in Matthew Dent that we who we uh, introed at the start of the show and I caught up with Denty uh, just ahead of the SA Country Championships uh, just about his take on uh, how the squads go, uh, could potentially line up this weekend because uh, nothing's been locked away yet but uh, looks like our Riverland boys will have some pretty good representation there we already know that uh, Tim Wolford uh, from Renmark has got the vice-captaincy job. And uh, we can also say um, ahead uh, that uh, former Loxton North uh, player Nathan Brown, who's down there in the Mallee, uh, has got the captaincy job. Uh, so we can break that news for you here and now. But uh, for the rest of how the squad's lining up, uh, this is Matthew Dent. Denty, thanks for joining us. Look, been told you're quite a supporter of the SA Country Championships. Uh, why do you think it's such a good idea for young guys to get involved? Oh, good opportunity for them to test themselves against other best players out in the league. And obviously um, there would have been guys previously that would have went to these championships and uh, probably went on and played footy at a higher level. Yeah, and also it gives them an opportunity to meet a number of guys that they play against or from different leagues and... Normally, on the end of this state country championship, there's a reward to play in the state countryside, and I've been involved in that a couple of times, and that's a yeah, that's a fantastic weekend. So yeah, that's that's why I'm uh, right behind. I think it's a good opportunity for guys to uh, just see where they where they stand out in the uh, footy world. And what's the uptake been like of guys putting their hands up to play? Oh, look, the boats uh, that we've got this year, a lot of them play the association and they're, they're, they're keen which is great, um, so everyone that uh, put their hand up this year to play the association uh, the ones that we've chosen from those association sides I've only had one out of the 14 or 15 or 16 maybe that uh, wasn't able to play because of uh, commitments already I've rang a few other guys that couldn't play association because they were injured they've put their hand up and a couple other guys uh, that didn't play association that are really good players that should have but didn't for whatever reason. So, um, yeah, it's been a pretty positive result, but there is still a number of guys that are going to be from all the leagues that have ex-league footballers or, or or guys that have been recruited from other leagues that are really good players that they haven't got behind it because obviously I think they're getting paid some pretty decent money and they don't want to play in case they get injured in the club they recruited them don't want them to play in case they get injured. So, look, we've probably we've probably got 
65 to 70% of the guys that we want, but there's the other 30 or 40, 30, 35% of the players that would make a massive difference to all the sides, that if they jumped on board, that would be fantastic. But saying that, if they're 27, 28 and have played a bit of league footy, um, a lot of these, uh, this probably doesn't interest them anymore. It's, it's only your 21, 22, 23-year-olds that are starting to play some decent senior footy. They're the ones that are really keen to jump on board and test themselves. So that's why you would suggest that this is a good opportunity for young players uh, to perhaps get themselves on the radar? Yeah, de- yeah, definitely. So we've probably got we've got one guy that's 30, the other one's 20. Oh, we've got a couple, sorry. We've got a couple of guys that are 30, uh, one guy that's 28 and, and a 27-year-old. Then then all the rest of them, would, most of the average age would be 21, 22. If those guys enjoy it and play well, uh, we might have uh, three quarters of the group that might play for the next three, four years uh, if, if that's something they want to do which makes makes your job a bit easier being a coach if they've played some footy together before previously. So aside from the association match uh, have you had a chance to get a look at the Riverland boys and do you perhaps kind of know what you're going to get once they're out on the field this weekend? Yeah, for sure. Obviously coaching that association side I, I got to know a few of the guys and obviously the positions they play and what they can bring. So, yeah, look, that was certainly beneficial. Like the Mally guys, I've got a bit of an idea on those as well because I coach against a lot of those guys. But the one that was uh, going to the association is uh, from the Hills. We've picked Hills have probably got 13 or 14 guys in their in their squad, in that squad this year. So that's uh, a fair number uh, from those guys. So they've, they've jumped on board and, and um, uh, really, yeah, really, really keen... Uh, to have uh, a good weekend, a lot of the Hills guys. So, a lot, And the good thing is a lot of the guys haven't played. There's not too many that have played in these championships before. Probably got about three or four, and the rest haven't played. So that's, even though you'd like to have a bit more experience, I think we've got the enthusiasm there in the youth that's going to, um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll, we'll play some uh, pretty exciting footy because they're, they're keen, and, and I've seen a number of them play in that association game, and I believe most of those guys can step up to that next level. Just looking at our Riverland boys, uh, some of them are having some big years at the moment, uh, especially our boys from Loxton in Jesse Will, Drew Kosolke. Uh, we spoke about a little bit about Tim Wolford as well. Look, um, what's piqued your interest about uh, our Riverland boys so far? Yeah, so Jesse Will and uh, Drew Kosolke, yeah, those two young lads went well in the association game and they're really keen uh, to play in the country championships, which they're doing, and also Timmy Wolford, from um, Renmark, he's been, yeah, look, he's a great lad. He, he's uh, super keen for the association footy and he's also super keen for the state country championships. He's right behind it. We had a number of guys that uh, we targeted that didn't play in the association. So Brady Thompson was going to play in both the association and the country championships, but he got injured both times, which is a bit of um, bit unfortunate because um, by all reports, he, he, he goes really well. And then there was a couple other guys from Locks and the Evans brothers we tried to get. And then there was a few others from other sides that if we were able to get them, look, it would have certainly um, strengthened our side. But as I said, they, their bodies are now starting to get a fair bit old and they're carrying a few niggling injuries. They really thought it was important that they had that weekend off. So, I, I, And I fully understand that. We've, we've got to want the folks that want to play and they've got to want to play and if they do want to do that, that's half the battle because you don't want to be forcing blokes to do something they don't particularly want to do. And bringing in the Div 1 Hills boys, how much of a factor will they play in the squad? 
Well, a lot of these guys in Div 1, most, they're not very old. A lot of these guys are only 21, 22 and, and 20 years old that are actually coming out of the, the Hills Div 1 side. So um, we've got four or five guys from the Hills 2 country and there's two guys in there that are 30 and 28 or 31 and 29. I can't quite remember, but... Um, they're, uh, they're brothers and they've played a bit of league footy but they're super keen to play and I think those those two guys have got a fair bit of experience. We've got my captain from Lamaroo, Billy McNeely. He's 30 and Nathan Brown from Karunda. So we've got four or five blokes that they can draw off just on experience and uh, and have played a lot of good top-level country footy. So uh, I think, and obviously those other two lads that have been down to Sturt, I believe. So I think two of them have played league footy. So I think they'll be able to draw experience off of those guys and, and to say that there are a couple other guys that have played zone before so we'll have, we'll have enough guys that have uh, experienced that sort of footy before which I think will rub off onto the young folks. And it's an interesting choice with Nathan Brown as captain because you've bridged uh, between the Riverland and the Mallee uh, quite well there because of his time here with Loxton North. But uh, from all reports I hear, he was very influential in the association match. Can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Uh, yeah, no, he, he was best on ground. And I would think he, he was probably clearly best on ground for the whole two sides. So he, he won the Mallee medal and obviously Tim Wolfe had won the Riverland medal for the best player from the Riverland. And obviously one of the Hannah boys that's in the association side won it. Um, for the uh, the Hills country. But, yeah, look, he, he's having an exceptional year um, in, our, in our local league as well. So um, I'm expecting pretty big things from him. And he he's obviously coaching Karunda, <coughs> uh, but he was absolutely one of the leaders in that association game with his voice and uh, the way he went about his footy on the, week, on, the, on the field. So when you wrapped up your AFL career, then uh, came back to Sturt and uh, finished up there, look, um, what what got you interested in coming back to coach, uh, not, not just country football, but at championship level? Since I've obviously retired from Sturt, I've played and coached in amateurs in the in the Adelaide Footy League, um, and obviously coached a number of times out in the uh, in the country leagues. And uh, the, the the country leagues are by far a lot more. In, it's more enjoyable because that's the social outing for that town for the week, if you know what I mean. A lot of the community gets behind their their, their sporting clubs, and uh, whether it be netball or or footy or even cricket, a lot of them get behind their local clubs. And uh, look, it's yeah, it, it's really. There's some really exciting footy played and there's some pretty hard footy played. And, look, a lot of the guys uh, uh, mingle with one another after the game and uh, that's something that doesn't really happen too often up in the uh, Adelaide League anymore. And, and uh, yeah, it's just got a different feel about it, the country footy and the atmosphere. I think the cars around the Oval beeping horns and uh, and having all the, all the grades play on the same day because up in the city they don't play the juniors before the seniors. So that, that makes it a, a, a long, enjoyable day. Yeah, you mentioned the car horns there. It certainly is a cacophonous sound, but, uh, look, it, it's a welcome one, no doubt. Look, mate, at, at the interleague game, uh, when you coached alongside Rodney Maynard, a man who needs no introduction to South Australian football, uh, old Rocket, um, yeah, could you tell us uh, what was it like coaching alongside of him and what type of things do you learn from such a legend of the game? Yeah, look, the, one of the main things that we drew off for Rocket, and the same was my runner. He's my assistant coach at uh, Lamaroo. Both of those guys uh, played a number of uh, those association games. So when it used to be Mallee v. the Riverland, a lot of those guys 
had participated in those games and just we actually talked about what it meant to them to play in them and what we hope it means for the guys that are playing in it today. I've done it as coaches before, assistant coaches. I've never actually played in one because I didn't have the opportunities, obviously, because I was over in Melbourne. But I'm just, just trying to reflect the importance of what it means and we really want to try and get association footy back on the map. And I think we took a little, a bit of a step this year with the guys. Um, having us uh, combined with the Riverland, um, I thought that worked well and I reckon that, that will get some legs moving forward from that. That'll grow, I reckon. And I think it'll be something that hopefully more and more people become involved in. And, and the most important thing is that we try to do as coaches is make it enjoyable and, and hence getting Rodney back and and uh, um, and yet it's just to tell the guys the importance and what they experienced and, and what they enjoyed about uh, when they played. So, yeah. And, 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 and again, I had Rodney on the bench uh, uh, making a few, just giving a bit of feedback where you want to throw ideas back and forward. I'd throw something at Rocky, say, yes, yeah, sounds a good idea. Or he'd throw something my way. I said, yep, that, well, I reckon that sounds like a good idea too. Or he might say, I'll just hold off on that and likewise. But, yeah, no, it was great to have him on the on the. Uh, on the sidelines with me because he does have a wealth of football knowledge and um, it, yeah, he was a fantastic player in his own right. He certainly was, uh, especially in the early days of the uh, Crows and, uh, well, at his time with the legs, of course, as well. But looking forward to the weekend, what's your expectation on the boys? Our main goal is to obviously go there, be competitive. Uh, the guys enjoy but just try and get a win or two under our belts just to, uh, yeah, have a good weekend because I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it's going to be... A great weekend, and uh, being down at Victor, not that far away for most of the guys that have got to travel, so yeah. um, it, it should be enjoyable, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Denty, thank you for joining us today, and uh, all the best to yourself and the boys for the weekend, and uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us uh, here on Kick-Ons. Okay. So that was Eastern coach Matthew Dent. Uh, so, yeah, interesting, Dillo, hearing his uh, take that. Looks like he's going to be backing a fair bit of youth um, in the squad this year. So, um, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on that? I think, yeah, we you've got to back the youth and you've got to back the blokes that want to be there. You know, they can chase and chase at these guys to try and get them involved. But realistically, if they don't want to be there, they're not going to give you your all, their all. And uh, so, you know, if these young guys want to have a, get in and have a crack, back them in, Dylan Lefties and guys like that. And, and you know, hopefully they, they perform for him. And, um, you know, I would think... With the squad they've got, I think they will certainly improve on on previous years. You know, Eastern Zone has traditionally battled because, you know, we probably do have a, a weaker zone. You know, with the Hills, Riverland, and Mallee, the Mallee doesn't normally contribute a huge amount. Um, just it's just the strength of their competition that they can't help that. But um, quite a quite a few guys from the Hills Div One this year, I believe, in, involved in the squad. Um, whereas previously, it's been a lot of Div Two guys. So. You know, I think um, there's certainly an opportunity there for them maybe to pinch pinch a game and, and play off a third or fourth. And who knows, they might even be able to get to the to the championship game on day two down at Victor. Yeah, and like Denty was saying, you know, these types of uh, championships, look, uh, you know, sometimes a question gets raised about representative football, but there's people watching these games. So if a young bloke, you know, backs himself and you, you just don't know who's watching at these things, and that that's the that's the good thing about it. You don't know where this can go. That's right. There's no other country footy on this weekend, so it's an opportunity for people to come down and, and have a look down there at Victor. Obviously, a beautiful spot down there. So why wouldn't you want to get down yeah. there and, and and have a bit of a look? And you now they've also got that carrot on the end of it to go play um, for you know the SA country team against WA. So um, yeah, a really good opportunity for for Riverland young guys to potentially get picked in in that squad and. 
um, you know, hopefully, hopefully they do well. It's um, the country champs, mate. They're they're fantastic. It's a fantastic week, and I've been lucky enough to go to a couple. We had one in here in Remark a couple of years ago, which was terrific when they uh, first got the goalpost in the, on that number two oval. Um, we had pretty poor weather that weekend, but um, yeah, we made the most of it. And then 2019, it was down at Port Pirie, and they had a magnificent setup there, and they had the the Sample Showdown. And I believe this weekend it's uh, it's uh, South Adelaide versus. Uh, Adelaide Crows and the Sample playing on, on at the championships as well. So it's a brilliant weekend and um, if anyone's got nothing else to do and they're going to be around the place that, that, that week uh, on this weekend, head down and uh, check out some pretty good footy. The standard's great. Yeah, and especially for all of our Riverland people that might be on holidays down mm. there for, with school holidays as well, uh, why not drop in, you know, for an, an afternoon at the footy there So and Definitely. get behind our Riverland boys. So speaking about... Getting behind our Riverland boys, uh, we should probably get behind chatting about something we haven't looked at a lot on the uh, Kick-Ons podcast, but how our other grades are going um, outside of the of the RFL A grade. And uh, look, we've set, we've, we're seeing uh, the cream rising to the top in the B grade. It's quite a reflection of what's going on in the A grade there with uh, Renmark, uh, well, undefeated uh, at the moment and uh, Wakery also up there. But uh, look, mate, um, what what's your thoughts on, say, perhaps where Loxton North is sitting in the B grade at the moment, mm-hmm. kind of reflective perhaps of what, uh, what could come for their A grade, that if they're doing well, there might be some on-flow effects you might see. Yeah, p- potentially. I, I know with Loxton North's B grade, though, they do have a lot of veterans in there the guys that are sort of you know finished their a grade career so they've got a lot of experienced guys in their in their b grade team they've, they've got some kids in there too um but there is you know some gun footballers running around in the b grade you know guys like ryan proud who's been a been a superstar in the a grade for, for a number of years you know jake albert's been playing in the twos for a long time um so yeah you know i think it's it's probably more reflective of you know their strength as a football club to retain you know some of these older players um you know, I'd be more looking at that that grade underneath, which we'll chat about soon. The under 18s where they're they're sitting very nicely at the moment. But uh, yeah, the B grade's pretty interesting, mate. Remark sitting nine and zip, and you know they've got sixty. I think it's sixty five, at least sixty five blokes on their uh, in their senior squad. Remark, so there's twenty guys potentially missing out each week, whether it's injury or or not getting picked or unavailability. So um, you'd expect their B grade to be pretty strong, and you know they're uh, they're going along nicely at the moment. Yeah, and Josh Vader confirmed that with me uh, just chatting uh, last week after the game. So, you know, they're um, yeah, that's some pretty pretty good ranks there. <laughs> so, like you said, it's not surprising at all. Um, but still, like, there's uh, still a, a bit to play out around the uh, the mid section of the uh, of the B grade uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Loxton North and uh, Berry there. So um, and Loxton too sitting fifth at the moment yeah. with a healthy percentage. You know they probably just lost a couple that they shouldn't have, and um, you know had a good win against the the Roos in the weekend to get themselves back into contention for the, for that top four spot. Mm. And uh, yeah, uh, Bummer Monash uh, still yet to post a win, but uh, look, uh, yeah, it's uh, just I guess one of those seasons for them uh, where you know I guess maybe. Uh, the A grade is drawing a lot of strength uh, to get as many guys that are that are able um, to get up in there, so that can counterbalance what goes on down in the B grade there. But still, some uh, you know uh, some uh, warriors getting around out there, and probably one guy we should do a shout out because we haven't had a chance to talk about 
much about B-grade football in uh, and talking about Barra Monash now is uh, Paul Bones Butterworth, who racked up his 350th uh, senior game a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's uh, there's still plenty of legs out there, I hear. Well, uh, yeah, well, they got, obviously they've got Bones out there. They've got Dave Whitbourne as well, who I think he'd be close to 50, if not 50. I, I, if he's not close to 50, I'm sorry, Dave, I've, I've sold you up the river there. But, you know, he's he's been playing for a long time as well. And um, so, they've got, so they've got some veterans out there running around. I think there's a few, you know, uh, uh, Dudley Campbell's been playing playing at Barmer for a long time as well and he's he's still getting a kick out there too. So, But I think they've just mixed it up with some kids as well. So it's, I reckon though those older guys will be imparting some a lot of their knowledge onto some of the kids they've got playing and it's good to still have them, them around, that's for sure. So we'll uh, move across. Uh, we we touched on uh, Loxton North uh, just a little bit before, but uh, in the under-18s, I'll tell you what, the Panthers are up and about at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, well, 7-2, and two, sitting very nicely. Um, you know, Berry probably going into the season was probably the team you know, we thought would would go well. Obviously, they played against each other in the grand final uh, last year. But um, yeah, North's uh, shot to the top of the table and uh, and just travelling traveling very nicely at the, at the minute. They had a, a loss to Wakery on the weekend. Um, but uh, you know, I think the, you know, the kids have got coming through. That's something very exciting for the for the footy club to go. Okay, yes, the A grade might be struggling at the moment, but we'll keep playing these kids. And I'm sure there's kids that are playing. Um, or eligible to be playing 18s that are stepping up to play A grade as well, um, or playing a bit of both. So that, you know, that 18 for that 18 side to be still sitting where they are, I reckon that's a fantastic effort from the Panthers. Yeah, and looking at the lists, uh, because not only do we have the SA Country Championships, we also have the interleague going on mm-hmm. with our RFL juniors heading down uh, to play Barossa Light and Gawler Football Association. Yep. And uh, Locks and North got a pretty good representation there as well. So okay, yeah. So that's uh, that's good news. For their juniors, um, we just uh, have a look at uh, Wakeree and uh, just um, just uh, highlighting just one uh, individual effort um, for Wakeree is uh, young Kate Hilton, uh, who's featured in the A grade a few times mm-hmm. and uh, sitting uh, second in the uh, the goal kicking uh, in the under 18s on twenty one. And um, I've seen Kate uh, in a couple of games down at the uh, down at the Magpies Nest and. Uh, very, very handy half forward. Some of his yeah. entry work, uh, getting inside fifty, is pretty slick. I got to say. Yeah, I think he might be one of those players that once he gets his footing at A grade level, he probably slip onto a wing. Um, just got that ability to run up and down the ground. But half forward, um, yeah, obviously perfect for him. He, but he's been playing under 18s and, and A grade each week. But it looks, he's, it looks like he's played every single um, under 18 game, and obviously he's had it, played a handful of senior games as well. So doubling up the young fella and and doing a great job. And we should mention obviously Tony Sarakis at the uh, the top of the table there with the goal kicking on 25 goals for Locks and North uh, going along nicely as well. Yeah, and uh, we spoke earlier in in the year about the draw perhaps being a factor in the A grade. It, it it's kind of gone to the back burner now, but the uh, the draw is well in in play in the under 18s with Wakeree. Uh, just sitting behind Renmark by one premiership point. Yep. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what unfolds there. Well, that percentage is obviously a huge gap in percentage huge between gap. Renmark and Wakery, but, you know, that, that draw could be enough to, to slot them above them if they can get a couple of cheeky wins at the back end of the year. Yeah, and across the under-15s, uh, we see Renmark has got a very good showing there, we are remaining undefeated. But flipping the script uh, from the other 
uh, grades in the Bs and the under-18s where Barmer and Monash are struggling, well, their 15s are up and about this year. Yeah, they're going along really well. Um, only the two losses, which I think have both been the Remmark, and uh, you know, I don't think they've been completely outplayed in those games either. So, you know, they'll back themselves in. The, the 15s is always a funny grade in Riverland footy lines. You, you get to the end of the season and it doesn't matter who's on top, that grand final, quite often the underdog is comes out on top. It's happened so many times. Um, so Barmer will just be you know, hopefully, hoping just to tick all the boxes, get through to a grand final. And, and even if they haven't beaten Renmark going into that last game, if they make it, um, then they'll back themselves in. But, you know, Barry, Barry is sitting nicely as well, not too far behind and still challenging for that second spot. Um, but Renmark, geez, you know, they're, they're going, going along really nicely there. Um, I think it's Tark Williamson from, is coaching the uh, under-15s down there and doing a really good job. He, he is, and actually doing a very good job in our uh, game plan uh, oh, tipping contest yeah. as well. Very so, good. <laughs> uh, Tark's been right up there at the uh, the pointy end, so um, which is uh, no surprise because uh, he's a man that uh, is quite well in tune with the uh, Riverland football scene and has been a uh, great contributor to the uh, Murray Pioneer with our tipsters uh, for the last few seasons. So, uh, big shout out to Tark and uh, yeah, keep the uh, keep the tips coming in, mate, because it's kind of informing more. <laughs> for follow his tips. Well, hopefully you can keep the wins coming too for, for the Rover boys too. So they're going along nicely. That's right. And, uh, yeah, we look at the under-13s and, again, um, positive signs for Barmer Monash there with, uh, yeah, their under-15s going undefeated at the moment. Yep. So uh, good things happening in the lower grades for the Roos. I think they're just reaping the, the benefits of – I think they've really worked hard on their, their junior programs as far as below that level. So, you know, the under-9s, under-11s, their kick program – um, they've worked really hard on that, and they're starting to get some reward now, which is which is really good to see. We also got to remember as well. Sorry, just to touch on it as well. I know Barman One is just sitting zero and nine in the under 18s but they didn't field a side last year as well. So to come back, get a side out there, you know, credit to those boys for getting out there and having a kick, and um, you know, hopefully some of these talented 15s will come through next year and bolster the 18 side. But yeah, the under 13s, nine and zip, um, a massive percentage. Barely, you know, uh, conceded. You know, I think it's a goal a game or something like that at the moment. The Roos, so um, you know, they're they're travelling nicely. And Remmark not too far behind, but um, same same thing. Under thirteens, these junior grand finals, you get to the end of the year and you never know what's going to happen. So, looking forward to seeing how that plays out, mate. Indeed, and uh, just our uh, final look at uh, the RWFL, which is heating up, mate. I've got to say, we're. Uh, uh, got one more round to go. Um, it looks like the top two is locked away, but there might be a little bit of room in the uh, third and fourth position there between Barham and Monash and Renmark. That could perhaps play out, but um, I don't know. What do you think, mate? It's just going to be hold uh, – the ladder will hold that position going into the uh, – Knockout final series? Yeah, given there's, what is it, there's uh, only a couple of games to go. So, you know, for, for Barham and Monash to steal second off Wakery, now they'd have to win and then um, improve their percentage significantly. Mm. Uh, I can't see that happening, unfortunately, for, for the Roos. So they'll probably play Remmark in that, that first final. I think that's the way they're working it. Um, yeah. So third versus fourth, first versus second. Um, I think Remmark's a danger team, though. They took it up to Berry on the weekend. And you hate to say one player's made a difference, but... In, in games where they're smaller sides, you know, they, sometimes they're only getting 11 or 12 girls out there, one player can make a difference, and Ash James is that player. She's come back from Westies and is absolutely killing it for killing it for the Rovers. So um, if she plays a handful of games towards the next couple of games and then plays a, a couple of finals, then Remark's a chance. But 
realistically, you'd, you'd probably think it's going to be a Berry Wakery grand final. And, and the way Wakery's playing, you know, they could be the first team to break uh, Berry's stranglehold on, on the uh, RWFL uh, premiership. Yeah, and interesting enough, uh, Wakery, they've. Um yeah, kind of. Uh, it, well, they've been wooden spooners, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've battled. Sorry. Yeah, the last well, the first couple of years of, of women's footy, they've, they've struggled, and yeah. um, you know, it's it's great to see them up and about. They've got some good young girls that have come through, like Sarah Campbell, who's you know, obviously um, you know kicked a few goals and that sort of thing, and um, and going along nicely. Rachel Smith's playing some good footy down there too. Um, yeah, great to see Wakery, and just something a little bit different. It's been very very Barmer, very Rem Market. Yeah, so they've been the three, and uh, great to see Wakery up there and up and about. Yeah, and I think we have to take our hat off to uh, the Catters, um, who have the buy in the last round, so that's their season done. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we got to uh, say a big shout out to the girls and uh, their coach, uh, Ad Hogg, who have uh, you know the the results haven't been great, but they have battled on all season. Uh, Ad approached me at the start of the year. Uh, looking at, at the prospect of not having a team, yep. you know. So he reached out to us and uh, we, uh, you know, were able to, to get the word out and um, AD, he's fought tooth and nail to get this side out there every weekend and you just um, – you've got to admire his work, really, don't you? Oh, definitely. And, and the girls as well. You know, it's, it's hard to front up when, you know, the, the score line's going against you by so much every week. Um, but credit to them, they, they keep keep fronting up. And, and what it is is a base for them now to go, all right, all right, we've got a team now, let's build on this and, and get some more girls playing next year um, and, and start to make some improvements. And, you know, they only have to look as far as Wakery to see how quickly it can be can be changed. So, you know, work on maybe getting a few few of the local other sports people out to, to you know, hopefully double up and play, play both um, you know, netball and footy or soccer and footy. And, uh, you know, things can change pretty quickly for them. Yeah, that's right. You know, it, it, anything can happen over the over the off season, and uh, you know, as long as the girls, uh, yeah, keep that nucleus together, keep working, and uh, you know, anything could happen. We could be talking about a very different scenario next season, but yep. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just <laughs> uh, ha- let's just uh, focus on what's ahead of us this weekend with the SA Country Champs. So. Yep. Uh, Mate, I think that uh, brings us to um, that's uh, yeah that's that's our look uh, for this week. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. All the best to all of our uh, representatives uh, out there playing this weekend, and mm-hmm. uh, to all of our other players um, that get the week off. Uh, yeah, we hope you uh, get up to uh, catch up on some uh, recreation out there, or you know maybe even have a quiet kick on yourself. Maybe yeah, that's it. It's a good opportunity, isn't it? Just to uh, Spend the weekend, uh, you know, doing something a little bit different, and just take the thoughts off footy for a little while because the season can be draining. It's a long year, and uh, especially right now when it's middle of the winter, it's you know, it's cold, it's freezing. Trainings are hard. Um, it's good to have that weekend off just to freshen up a bit. That's right, because uh, we've had that kind of season so far punctuated by the buy. Mm. This is the last buy around, and then after that, we uh, it's the sprint home Full after this. Ahead, so mate. everybody's got to refill their tank, uh, not just the players, but uh, us us guys out there that are uh, chasing coaches around for interviews and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we too have got to be across all the coverage and we'll bring you all that and more at the Murray Pioneer every week with our coverage of the RFL. So, mate, it's been great catching up with us, uh, or sorry, with you, and it's been great having all of our listeners on board again. Uh, we hope that you uh, share our podcast wherever you listen with all your footy mates. And uh, just quickly, mate, um, 
where will the footy world be taking you this weekend? Uh, staying home to watch the AFL on the Saturday. I'm gonna, I've got a couple of mates coming over. We're going to watch uh, the doubleheader, the Cats and the and the Blues, and then my boys, the Lions, up against the Saints that night. So a couple of quiet drinks. And then Sunday I'm actually going to go to another mate's house and uh, watch the UFC, mate. Uh, first, first crack at actually ha- watching the full card and uh, Conor McGregor's fighting, who I'm a bit of a fan of. So looking forward to seeing him get, get up and about. Yep, uh, I'll be taking a bit of an interest in the Geelong and Blues game. So I think, mate, we'll be uh, yeah putting on our uh, – well, as always, we are armchair experts, aren't we? That's right. <laughs> us, us pundits type. So uh, it's been great ha- uh, seeing you. It's been great having everyone listening in. So, so join us next week right here, ready to kick on. Download this podcast on all your favourite digital platforms and hear when the Murray Pioneer and Mark's up are coming to a club near you.